You are listening to the Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things happening in the wide world of sports. Here is your KLSU sports team. Welcome into the Hodges Huddle. I am your host, Patricia Caputo. Joining me today is Cassidy Johnson and Liam Haley. How are you all doing today? Doing good. Great. How are you? I'm doing well. It's good for LSU fans as well as LSU defeated Auburn 21 to 17 on Saturday. LSU is now ranked 25 in the AP polls. They are four and one on the season. Auburn falls to three and two. And while there were many positives of that game, there were also a few negatives such as Jaden Daniels injury. He did get knee-to-knee contact that brought him out of the game. Brian Kelly said that he made the executive decision to take Jaden Daniels out of the game but other than that, Jaden Daniels would have went back in if it was his decision. So, with that being said, we play number eight Tennessee in Tiger Stadium next weekend at 11 a.m. Is Jaden Daniels healthy enough to play this game? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was anything too serious. Like you said, Coach, he made the executive decision to pull him out because he could have kept playing if he wanted to. So, I don't think it's anything crazy. I mean, I hope because every time Garrett comes in the game, like it just goes downhill very fast. And <laughs> I, I mean, I, I wish that Garrett would improve. And I, I know that in-game reps are a really good way to do that. But at the same time, like if you're going against SEC opponents, you really can't just like gamble, um, you know, in-game reps for a player that might be good instead of playing somebody that could play that will actually get you, you know, the W at the end of the day. Yes, it is true, as we saw in Jane Daniels. Indeed, he did seem like he would have went back in the game had he had the choice, but he also had a back strain coming into that game, which seemed to have affected his game. The passes thrown downfield, there were a lot of open passes after analyzing Saturday's game that could have gone to Kayshawn Booty, and they just didn't. And part of that may have been because of that back strain, another part after he suffered that knee-to-knee contact, but does seem to be ready for Tennessee on Saturday. And again, as Liam had said, Garrett Nussmeyer just does not seem that he is ready for that starting quarterback position, both as leadership and experience-wise. But a guy who possibly could be ready for a starting position is John Emery Jr. Armani Goodwin is out for a few weeks after tearing his hamstring. That did give a guy like John Emery Jr. the ability to have some more action on the field, which Brian Kelly has seemed to be hesitant the last few weeks. John Emery finished the night with just eight carries for 42 yards. But talking about this week, does he start against Tennessee? Um, I mean, I don't think so. I, I think with how consistently well Josh Williams has been playing, especially last game, uh, you know, he'll get the start. But Emory will get his touches when he can be productive as, you know, whenever he comes in, so like second and short, third and short, he can be a spark on offense that can really help us out. Yeah, I agree. And I also like how Coach is continuing to implement all the backs. There's not just one RB1. Like everyone um, is making an impact on the field, and I like that. That's what I like about John Emory Jr. and this running back room in general is that everyone has an opportunity and that there is no set running back one. Is that sufficient for the rest of the season? We're not sure yet, but it does seem to be working. In the meantime, guys like Josh Williams, who have been on this team consistently, has not been suspended such as as Emory has. 17 carries for 68 yards, averaging about four yards per carry in that game against Auburn. And he does look like a guy who's been able to step up and take on that leadership role and take up that role as a running back with the Armani Goodwin absence. Now to talk about some of the 
bad things on this LSU offense, you could say, is this offensive line. We know that it's been something that this team has had to keep an eye on all season. And now with that injury to Garrett Dellinger, where he went down, he was unable to play this week due to having surgery on his hand. It moved Miles Frazier over to left guard. What problems did we see in this Tiger offensive line? Um, I mean, it seemed like the interior of the line like was just uh, like letting people come in every single time. Like, you know, you, you have two freshmen on the on the ends that are, you know, blocking and doing well and, you know, creating holes for our running backs and allowing for pass protection for Jaden. But, you know, the other plays, you, you see them blocking and then the middle of the line just collapses and it just causes so many problems for the run game for the pass game. So, I mean, hopefully those can be ironed out. But I feel like part of that is injury. Part of that is, you know, them a lot of them being freshmen. So, uh, hopefully I can get better because if, if not, it's going to hurt us in SEC play. Yeah, I agree. I think part of it is injury because there are people being moved around who've never played the position or don't get a lot of reps at the position. So I think that is hurting us more than it's helping us, obviously. And we didn't prepare for this from the beginning. Remember, Garrett Dellinger was supposed to be playing at center, and yeah. he's never played a center ever in his career. So you had everyone on the offensive line at one point who had only had played tackle, where there weren't guys who were like true centers, which is so important in this game of football, and that's when a guy like Charles Turner gets his chance to be on this offensive line. But it shows that, speaking this offensive line is the weakest point for this LSU team, offensively at least, where we thought that the wide receivers possibly should be stronger. Yes, that's another point that we'll get to. The running backs were concerned, similar to how they were last year. We just didn't know if we were able to get a run game going. But we've seen to have figured all that out, where this offensive line still has struggles, some with injuries that you just cannot control, but others with guys who are just moving around, still trying to find their place in this offensive line. Now, Kayshawn Booty, another guy who's trying to find his place, which is we did not expect that. If you had told me months ago I would have been saying that Booty is struggling to find a spot in this roster, I would have thought that you were crazy despite his injury, despite everything that happened. He had one reception against Auburn for four yards, and this is what Brian Kelly had to say about that. Look, I mean, part of this is building trust with a new quarterback, um, you know, obviously we're trying to get him the football. Um, he's getting a lot of double coverage. Um, you know, we're still winning. He's happy that we're winning. Look, all those guys that make decisions about who the best receivers are in the country um, are still going to look at Kayshawn and go, that's a really, really good wide receiver. Um, numbers are numbers. Um, at the end of the day, uh, he's going to continue to play this game at the next level, and the numbers won't dictate where he gets drafted. Uh, it's his ability to continue to play the game at the highest of levels. And when you turn on the film and he's running full speed and he's beating guys and the ball didn't come to him for some whatever reason, that's out of his control. So what Kayshawn continues to do better each and every week is he controls what he can control. And he does that in practice now, and he does that in games. Um, he was happy we won the football game. Um, would he like the ball more? Absolutely. Would I like to get it to him more? Absolutely. Um, but he's handled himself. Uh, he's handled himself in the right way, uh, and he continues to work for the team. Now, Kayshawn is struggling to get going, as he had said. What are our thoughts on his reason for struggling earlier in the season? I think it's just maybe mental block. And maybe he's just trying to get back into the rhythm. You know, he was out for part of the season due to injury. Like, this is his first time really getting back into it. And I just think, 
I think it's a mental block. And he also just had a kid. So there's just like a lot going on for him. Um, I hope the best, though. I hope he eventually starts getting his feet wet and start getting those receptions and getting targeted, you know. I mean, I feel like he just isn't getting the ball like he was last year. I mean, and part of that is Brian Kelly just not dictating the offense around him, like kind of how Coach O did, because, you know, because our run game was not so bad, but because it was just so limited, we had to use Kayshawn as like that, that like, you know, spark plug on offense that we could use. So I feel like that's part of it. But also at the same time, I also feel like Jane Daniels and uh, Kayshawn's like relationship could be better. Because it seems like, I mean, it seems like Jaden's being a leader to him, telling him, hey, I'm going to get you the ball, all this stuff. And then, like, it just seems like they need to gel more. And, I mean, I hope they can. It's been, you know, a, a good amount of time that they've played together. So, I mean, if they can get that together and, you know, start getting the ball to Kayshawn, then I feel like we can have a lot more success, especially in, like, uh, in the passing game. This was a week that Jaden Daniels and Kayshawn Booty needed to develop some sort of connection where they were able to get the ball to Booty and make sure that he's making plays as well because now you're getting into the bulk of your SEC plays and the teams that you're playing like Ole Miss and Tennessee, they're much better than a team like Auburn you could say statistically wise and talent wise as well. And Liam, you're totally right. Brian Kelly is making the decision not to give Kayshawn Booty the ball. Whereas last season... Max Johnson, we know that what we have seen, that Jaden Daniels is the better quarterback. And then you didn't have guys like Ryan Thomas Jr. and Jack Besh last year in the sense of that you didn't know what you were going to get from them. They were only freshmen. So now you do have those guys. You have a guy like Malik Neighbors who seems to improve every week. But Booty was the guy that the defenses had to look out for. We didn't have a strong run game. We didn't have another dominant wide receiver. And he was double covered all almost every game last year, every game most likely last season that he was able to play in. And Max Johnson still found ways to get him the ball. And the fact that that hasn't happened this year is definitely a huge concern for this team because Malik Neighbors, as good as he is, he is no Kayshawn Booty. And with that, Booty is a junior. He will most likely declare for the draft. Are plays like this and receptions such as this not having a touchdown yet this season affecting his draft stock? Um, I think it is a bit, but, you know, uh, numbers, I mean, they always say numbers don't lie, but, I mean, also at the same time, they, they don't tell the full story as well. So, like, yes, this season he's not getting the production that you would have assumed he would have, but you also have to look at the system he's playing in, the new coach, new quarterback, new everything. So I feel like it's going to tank a little bit, but not as, you know, drastically as a lot of people think. And um, I still feel like he's going to be a pretty high pick considering all that's going on this season. See, I think otherwise, I think it is kind of putting a damper on his draft stock. Just because I know y'all said numbers don't dictate anything, but he doesn't really have an impact on the field either. So you could not be putting up the best numbers and have um, a great presence on the field, but I think he's doing neither. So we'll see. I mean, there's we got more games. He can definitely just have superstar games for the rest of the season. When Brian Kelly mentioned that in his presser this Monday he said numbers are numbers that it won't dictate his position in the draft but had he not gotten hurt last season I would have said that and said that there is a possibility that a team in the NFL will overlook that that his receptions and his touchdowns this season but now he's coming back from injury and he hasn't done much he hasn't had much production and if I'm an NFL team I look at that and say well is he 100% healthy is it all just about targets now part of that you could look and say Yep, Jaden Daniels may have not gotten in the ball as much as he should have. But another thing is Brian Kelly mentioned film in this press conference, but what film do you have off of Booty this season? Not much, and that's a big concern if you're Kayshawn Booty as he's trying to make his way into the draft. And the further you drop, the less money you get paid, so this is possibly messing with his financials as well. There's a lot more that goes into this than right now than simply just playing football. 
With that being said, we return to Tiger Stadium this Saturday. Will that help eliminate some of the mistakes on this offense that were made early in the game? Yeah, I mean, playing home is just probably the best feeling it can be. And we played in Auburn. That's a hostile environment, crazy fans. I think they just were rattled in the beginning of the game. Well, they were rattled. And I think returning home, they're going to have the great fan base. It's going to be a great atmosphere, great weather. I think it's going to be a great game. And I think that they should get off to a good start. I mean, yeah, I agree. I feel like that that environment, especially for a lot of those guys being either freshmen or people that hadn't played in the SEC before, you know, I mean, you they've played in college stadiums, so they know kind of what it's like, but it's really nothing like, there's really nothing like it uh, in any other conference in the nation, especially, uh, you know, in a packed Auburn stadium. So even though some of them, yeah, they played in a packed stadium at home, it's not the same as away because all the fans at home love you, or at least when you're playing good, they love you. So, um, you know, I feel like coming back here after, you know, such a comeback win and shutting them out in the second half, I feel like they're going to uh, come out with some fire and hopefully, you know, take this winning at Tennessee. Correct. This was the first time that they had a true road game where that only other game was in New Orleans when there was a lot of purple and gold. Whereas now you went on the road and you, Brian Kelly said that they tried to use noise and sound and have the fans why they were at practice, but it doesn't compare to them hearing thousands upon thousands of fans in a stadium when almost everybody is against you. That could help eliminate mistakes. Also, a lot of that has to just come with us not being so much of a second half team and try to just not start off slow, get it going quickly in the first half. A strong suit for this team, though, has been the defense. It's something that at first we were maybe a little concerned about if you're an LSU fan, but that seems to be, as I said, a strong suit for this team. The only issue that we're seeing with this defense is how thin the secondary is, and we've noticed that from the beginning of the season coming into this season. If you saw this LSU team, they had a whole lot of transfers and guys leaving LSU, guys coming into LSU, and not a whole lot of time to connect. Coverage busts were a huge problem this week. Is this all about communication, or can there be other, can these problems be easily fixed at practice? I think both. I think with anything, communication's always key. You need to talk. You need to make sure everyone's on the right page with things like that. And I mean, also practice. Practice makes perfect. Get into practice, you know, run those drills, run those plays so you can perfect you know, the mistakes that you've been making recently with the secondary. Yeah, I mean, uh, there were a couple plays in the game where I feel like they, uh, they, whenever they were scouting Auburn, they were really looking at the run game because of Tank. So uh, a lot of times, you know, the, the safeties would come down and then that would allow for a huge play because, oh, he's not actually, you know, running. He's not running as a quarterback. So uh, I feel like a lot of it is communication because, you know, if they would communicated, hey, you know, after the first time there was a big play, uh, safety stay back so that nothing like that happens again, then that maybe not would have happened again. But I feel like it's a lot about communication and that's something that can get ironed out at practice. And um, hopefully that that doesn't happen again because uh, Tennessee is a really good offensive team. So yeah. um, if we can get that ironed out, that would be perfect for us. Now you're getting into the point in the season where you can't make mistakes. The mistakes in this secondary have to be minimal if you want to win against teams like a number eight team ranked in Tennessee. And now you have Alabama who you'll play on November 5th who is ranked number one. So you have to look out for these, and this is something that you do have to fix in practice. Part of it's just being able to work together. But you've had all spring, you have all summer. The excuses are running dry now. You have to make sure that you figure this out before you get now as we're getting into the bulk of this SEC play. But a huge asset for this team, as we know, as we had expected, is B.J. Ojolari. He had a sack fumble to change the momentum of that game as LSU went down 17 to nothing against Auburn. This is what Coach Kelly had to say about B.J. Ojolari's big play. I told him that was a captain's play. 
And, and what I meant by that was that, that that was an effort play and that was a timely play that, that gave us the life that we needed uh, at that particular time. Remember now, it was 17 nothing, and we needed something good to happen. And um, um, a leader like a BJ um, made a play when a play needed to be made. After hearing what Brian Kelly just had to say, how much of an asset is this defensive line, including Ojolari, including Ali Gay, when they go on to play Tennessee? I think defense is going to be huge, and I think it's going to be, if we win, a, the biggest part of why we win. I think we need to stay consistent and aggressive, which are two things that I think we always struggle to do is stay consistent for sure. So I think if the defense stays how they've been playing, I think that it should be a, a dub. Yeah, I mean, our defense has been the strongest part of our team. You know, I felt like coming into this year, a lot of people thought it would be the opposite. But, um, you know, our defense has been really, really good, especially last game. And I think we, have, uh, we haven't we have let anybody score in the second half since Mississippi State hit a field goal, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so that's, you know, a, a long time for us to, uh, to not let anybody score in the second half. So I feel like a lot of that comes down to the defensive line, especially with, like you said, B. Joe Jolari. So um, I, I feel like that whole defensive line, like Harold Perkins, you know, Alligay, all those guys, um, especially getting pressure on someone like Hinton Hooker who can really throw the ball and be a dynamic playmaker. If we can do that, then that can be a, a really good way for us to increase our chances to win. You have to contain Hendon Hooker, the Tennessee quarterback. We know how well he can throw the ball, as Liam had just said. That Ali Gay, B.J. Ojolari, they have helped us win plenty of games this season. I see them doing that again. Again, coming back from a 17-point deficit, helped us win that game against Auburn. B.J. Ojolari is number 18 for a reason, and he proved why on Saturday. Now, if this happens again for LSU, you're in Tiger Stadium, you're down, let's say, 17 points or a big margin such as the one last Saturday. If this happens against Tennessee, will this team be able to come back strictly based on their grit and their heart and their talent? I mean, like Brian Kelly said in his press conference, um, I mean, that's going to take you oh, like a long, a long way, but that's not what's going to actually – it's not going to, you know, win you the game just by that. I mean, I feel like we could, like, you know, combine with a lot of other things. Like, it's just going to be an uphill battle from the very start. And I feel like, you know, if we play like I know that we can, then, you know, we might just be able to win. And actually, fun fact, the last time LSU faced a number eight team as a number 25 team, we won. It was against oh, wow. Miami in 2018. And we beat them 33-17. to 17. So, um, it, you know, if history proves true, then we should be able to win this game. Yeah, and – I, I want to be hopeful. Obviously, if there was a 17-point deficit, you know, being in Tiger Stadium and everyone being hype, I think there could be a comeback. But I, I'm i not sure just against Tennessee just because they have an amazing offense. They're very poised. They're not going to roll over and die like Auburn did, you know. Um, they have a great quarterback in Hendon Hooker. Who, he has 1,193 yards on the season, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. Might I add? So <laughs> I just think I don't think we should shoot ourselves in the foot. I think we need to stay ready so we don't have to get ready. So hopefully we don't have to face a deficit. And that comes that big. Yes, Cassidy, and that comes with part of just starting off fast. You don't yeah. have to start off slow like this LSU team has been doing. But if it does come to terms with that, it's more than grit. It's more than heart. They have to know how to use their talent, and they have it. They have plenty of it on this team, but they just have to make sure that they're meshing together. And they're doing the offensive line. The offensive line just has to stop with the penalties, has to try to form 
just healthy balance between everywhere. In the secondary, there needs to be a healthy balance with this offensive line and get the wide receivers involved. They could be such a huge asset for this team. And Coach Kelly, Jaden Daniels, they just have to find a better way of utilizing them. Moving on to the NFL, we're going to talk a little bit about Monday Night Football as the 49ers defeated the Rams 24-9 on Monday. This podcast is on Tuesday, October 4th, so technically it was yesterday. And one of the things that I saw that helped the 49ers win this game was their blitzing. Did that make or break this game? For sure. I think... It, I think it made the game for sure. Matthew Stafford was sacked four times before the half ended. So... Um, and he threw a costly pick, so I just think they had a big impact on the game. And he also looked frazzled the whole game, so I think that made a big impact. Yeah, I mean, just getting pressure on him is just huge, and especially you know coming to front. You, you look at him last season; he was playing great, and then now this season, it seems like the whole team, but especially the offense, has a really bad case of a Super Bowl hangover. They're just <laughs> playing absolutely terribly. And you look at the stats, and it says that they, you know they get they're getting outscored forty four to three in in the fourth quarter over all these games. Um, which is absolutely terrible, and um, a lot of that comes down to the defense, but also at the same time, their offense just isn't doing anything, and uh, especially with that 49ers defense bearing down on them with all those blitzing, I feel like that didn't help at all. This 49ers defensive room looked amazing last night with the blitzing that really worked. They did it consistently. They contained Matthew Stafford in the sense where they sacked him whole lot of times and then also just this running back room as well for the Rams they were held to 57 yards total and part of that was because of the 49ers great defensive scheme and most of that coming from blitzing now there were the five plays on the defensive side for the Rams where they gave up 20 or more yards with that being said what was that struggle especially when you have a guy like Aaron Donald how do you make up for that if you're on the Rams um, I mean, I really don't know. I, I thought this Rams defense was going to be a lot better than it was. I didn't think it was going to be top of the line, but um, I didn't think it would be this bad. It seems like they're just allowing teams to score, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, I feel like, I, I, I don't know, maybe just Jimmy G coming back into the fold of things and not saying that he's some elite quarterback, but he's definitely not a, a bad quarterback. And especially whenever he gets back in the groove of an offense that he knows with weapons that, you know, with weapons like Debo and George Kittle when he's not blocking. Um, I feel like that whole offense just gels together with Jimmy G as, as quarterback. And I feel like Trey Lance could do well, but with Jimmy G as uh, the quarterback against this Rams defense that has been underperforming in the fourth quarter, um, it was just tough for them to do anything. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this now moving on to this 49ers offense, Jimmy Garoppolo is now 7-0 and against the Los Angeles Rams in his career as a 49er. All right, there was he wasn't even the starting quarterback this season. It was Trey Lance until he got injured. But now Jimmy G has just proven that he could be dominant, especially against this Rams defense. It, who, who is it? Was Jimmy Garoppolo just that good, or was that Rams defense just struggling that bad, as Liam said? I think it was just a mix of both, honestly. I'm not going to say Jimmy G is that guy because I don't think he played extraordinarily amazingly well. I just think the defense didn't show up. The 49ers defense didn't show up, so that just didn't help for the Rams. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. Like like I said earlier, Jimmy G is like not the most you know insanely good quarterback, but if you put him into a system that he's been playing in for a while – then you know he he knows all the little things like he has a good relationship with all his wide receivers and especially with you know with Debo so I mean if you have a weapon like Debo and you have a good relationship with him and you're a competent quarterback I feel like um, especially against a defense that's been playing 
this bad in the second half of games, it's pretty easy to score, especially when you have someone like that. And the Rams have the big names. They have Aaron Donald. They have Jalen Ramsey. But then you mentioned a guy like Debo Samuel who totally juked out Jalen Ramsey yesterday, made fun of him a little bit on Twitter, saying, I'm not even sure what he was doing, but I got right past him. And that's what makes this 49ers offense run, is a guy like simply Debo Samuel. That's all you have to say, and that's why they were so – they needed to sign him, right? That's why they were, they wanted to sign him. They wanted to make sure that he would actively be on this roster and help in a moment where Jimmy Garoppolo does have to go in the game. Now Trey Lance is hurt, where Debo can step up and help lead this team. Now, with the Rams, talking about their offense, they've struggled to get the ball down the field. Cooper Cup had an all-time high in receptions in his career as he had 14 receptions last night. He went 14 of 19. Is this Rams offense showing how much they really do need OBJ? Uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, without that vertical threat, it kind of limits their passing game. Because you look at the stats and it shows that, you know, Cup has, he's been playing well, but the longest catch he's had is it has been for 28 yards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, big big plays aren't everything in football, but that's, you know, good teams make big plays in games. And you can't just survive off of checkdowns. That's, you know, what the Saints were doing for a couple years with, with Drew Brees, and that never worked out. So I feel like if the Rams... Uh, are trying to do that now because they don't have you know the vertical threat in OBJ, um, and especially with Allen Robinson not playing as well as uh, he could have been. I feel like you know it's just not a good way to you know have a passing offense, especially if you have a weapon like Cup. Yeah, I agree because Cooper Cup he's a top ten wide receiver, mm-hmm. but it's just putting more stress on him mm-hmm. because he got targeted nineteen times, which I think I mean that's great, but that's kind of like a lot, and there's just not another receiver that they can kind of put their trust in and they're missing that in OBJ as well. Right, because you're having you're missing Van Jefferson yeah. right now. You're waiting for him to come back. You're hoping to sign OBJ. Sean McVay says they're keeping his locker room open, but OBJ did have a little interview with the New York Giants yesterday on Monday. So that's somebody to look out for too if he would go back to the his original team. But they do need OBJ back. It showed it clearly last night. You can't just throw to a guy like Cooper Cup 19 times in a game. It's not efficient. It doesn't help run this offense, especially when you're back field is averaging about 60 yards at least what they did last week so I would make it a president if I'm Sean McVay on their this Rams organization do whatever you have to do to get OBJ back he says that he wants to be back he'll welcome it with open arms but as OBJ said I'm pretty sure he's in the Bahamas right now as he continues to rehab that knee he says that they know what I want and they have to give me that and he says at the end of the day it's a business and that rings true for most players in the NFL if not all players in the NFL and if I'm the Rams that's what I need to focus on right now realizing this is a business and getting OBJ back on this squad. Now, I don't know if you all saw and were watching the game last night, but a fan did run on the field, but they won't show it on camera. So I got to know, is this just because they think that it's going to encourage other people? Like, if you saw that, would you be encouraged to go run on a field? No. <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> but I also don't want to run on a field. So. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but like, now, I already didn't want to in the beginning. Right, so. yeah. But now Bobby Wagner did make a huge shackle. They showed that he did end up tackling the, the streaker, as they had called him. Now, like if you're a fan, if you're that person, let's just say if y'all really did want to run on the field, is that your goal? Like just to have a cool story to tell that say you got tackled by Bobby Wagner? I mean, I feel like yeah, that'd be cool, but I mean there's so many other <laughs> things that happen after that that like I always yeah, wonder like what happens banned. after that. 
You get not only do you get and banned, yeah, you, you get you get hit by a, a, an NFL player, and then you get tackled mm-hmm. to the ground with a smoke bomb in your hand, True. and then no one sees the message that you were trying to put out. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know. It seems so dumb. Did y'all see that it was like a gender reveal or something like that? People was were, it? Think, people yeah, people were thinking it was, yeah. it was a gender reveal, and I think that'd be. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Cute, but I don't know <laughs> if it's worth it for <laughs> that. To spend, it was crazy. Like now you have to live your high, life behind bars for a few nights. I don't know yeah. about that, I mean, and it, you can't go back. I mean, that was like you the can. biggest hit Bobby Wagner's hit all year. So. No. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay, Liam, throw some shade. Hey, and you're in pads. Like, they're in pads. They're in helmets. This guy was in nothing. I was like, yeah, okay, okay, Bobby. <laughs> Moving on, we're going to do rapid fire again this week to close out the show. We're going to start off with two minutes on the clock. We're going to do the Chiefs Buccaneers as the Chiefs defeated the Bucks 41 to 31. And the Buccaneers fall to two and two. Put two minutes on the clock. I can shout y'all names out. We can, we'll, we'll see how it goes, right? Okay. We had a lot of fun last week, Cassie and yeah, I, along with Andre. <laughs> so, starting off, two minutes on the clock, the Bucks running backs ran for a total of six yards. Tom Brady was strip sack in the second quarter and appeared to be injured in his throwing shoulder. How does the team get these backs more involved, especially when Brady is not 100%? Liam? Um, I just feel like they kind of have to get that running game going. It's just, you know, well, first of all, you have to get the passing game going because then it opened up, opens up the running game because if one's going, then the other one will get opened up. So I feel like if they can get the passing game going, especially with someone like Mike Evans, that would be huge. I agree. Now, Cassidy, this question is for you. Did Mike Evans, as Liam had just mentioned, step up after missing last week due to a suspension? In short, I'm going to say no, just because I know how no. Mike Evans is. And I think he definitely could have played – more to his potential, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You could say that. I would say that he did just because he did lead the team in receiving yards with 103 compared to like Chris Godwin, who had 59. Yeah. So I would say that he did step up when needed. Again, a suspension like that is never wanted, but it happens, so you have to move on. You have to find ways to make plays. This question is for both of you. Is Patrick Mahomes really the young goat after a game like this? Uh, I don't one know if, of them. Yeah, he's he's, <laughs> yes. he's one of them, especially, you know, after he turned into a ballerina on the field and <laughs> got a touchdown. I don't know how that happened. That was absolutely crazy. It was. He's a very good, but I just don't think you could give him that title yet. There's only one Tom Brady. He needs to win a few more Super Bowls if we want to actually give him that name. Last question. Is Kansas City really just the better team than the Buccaneers, or was this just an off game? No, they're completely better than yeah, I would also say that. You could say that the Bucks defense is better, but uh, I don't know. There's just the offense is better than defense a lot of the time. So. Just a lot of injuries and growing pains right now for this Bucks team, so they're definitely going through the lot. But if you know anything about Tom Brady and his previous squads, they do always find a way to pull it together, so I wouldn't count them out just yet. Okay, we did that with 11 seconds to spare. That was pretty good. good. Now let's there make it go. a little harder. Tom Brady's also going to divorce. I don't know if y'all saw that. Oh, that was he? crazy. They, yep. they got the lawyers. <gasps> Oh, wow. Yeah. T on the Hodges huddle. Okay, I didn't know this. <laughs> oh, yeah. my. Wow. Okay, you had to choose I between which ring you wanted. So. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Okay, Liam's coming out with them today. Okay. <laughs> well, moving on to, I don't think any of these players are even married yet, and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. The Bills did come back. They won 23 to nothing, or 23 to 20, rather, against the Ravens. This was after last week when they suffered that heartbreaker to the Miami Dolphins. We're going to put a minute 30 on the clock. Let's get started. Liam, what does this game show you about this Bills team and their ability to grow through adversity after suffering a loss like last week's? Um, I mean, I feel like this Bills team, it just keeps every single week besides that Dolphins game, it just shows you that they're the most unstoppable team in the league. And 
uh, especially with Josh Allen at the helm. Um, I mean, I don't know what he can't do. Uh, he's <laughs> been he throws dimes on the field, you know, like forty yard, fifty yard dimes with, you know, without even breaking a sweat. And then you know he goes off the field and he's joking around, you know. So I feel like th- this whole team just it shows that they're all connected, and I feel like they're ready to win. 213 yards, 12, 19 of 20, 36 for Josh Allen. They came back when it was needed. Now, Cassie, this Ravens defense, did they prepare for Josh Allen to use his legs? I don't think so, and it definitely didn't look like it. He's not really known for being that mobile kind of quarterback, you know what I mean? Not like, you know, their quarterback, Lamar Jackson. So I don't think they prepared at all. I agree. I don't think they were ready for this. Liam, did Lamar Jackson lose this game for the team by throwing picks? 100%. I feel like, you know, if he just would have played a little bit better, they could have definitely won this game or at least you know not have the collapse that they did you know you look at some of the plays and you know wide receivers have feet like feet of space in between them and whoever's you know guarding them and then by the time Lamar Jackson throws the ball it's way too late and you know I love Lamar but you know you can't just do that 12 seconds left Cassidy did this game prove that the Ravens need Marquise Brown or somebody like him definitely everyone needs a Hollywood Brown on their team I love it. Four nice. seconds to spare. I totally agree. They need someone, some wide receiver to help step up, to help make the big plays, someone to be a threat on this offense. Now, I know, Liam, you're excited for this one. The no, Saints, the Vikings, <laughs> oh, on the double doink. All right, we brought it back to the Bear, the Bears-Eagles playoff game just a few years ago. The Saints lose in London 28-25. to The Vikings get their W. Let's do a minute 15. We should do a minute 15 and everyone has to do an accent. Oh, a British accent. accent. Oh, I don't know if I can do that. My accents are very bad. Okay, I can't even speak Southern like everyone wants accents. me to. If, if you want to try, go ahead. I'm but I, I, don't, I don't think I can do it. But <laughs> let's start a minute 15. <laughs> Liam, were these injuries the reason that the Saints were solely to blame for that loss? No, I feel, I, you know, there were some, you know, as a Saints fan, everyone's like, oh, it's the penalties, it's the rest. But, I mean, so you look at some of these penalties and they were pretty dumb, in my opinion. But... I don't know. It's just it's it's a lot of stuff. The Saints are kind of falling apart, and it's very sad to see because I was very high on them coming in this season. (laughs) (laughs) You had Jameis Winston, you had Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas all out during that game. But Cassidy, was this a game or an opportunity for this team to prepare for Alvin Kamara if he does get suspended later in the season? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I saw somewhere that he might not get suspended this year, though. Okay, okay. Yeah, because they keep delaying the charges. Yeah, I think because of Deshaun Watson that they just delayed the charges, all of it, the NFL, too much to handle. So maybe he gets away with it this season, but it probably will come next season. Liam, how did the Vikings defense use the Saints' injuries to their advantage? Well, I mean, they knew Andy Dalton was at quarterback, so, I mean, I love Andy Dalton, but I don't know how much he can really do. It's it's not the Bengals 10 years ago, so I don't really know what he's going to be providing for us. He did play better than Jameis did, but because or Jameis would have, I feel like. But, um, you know, they didn't have to guard too far down the field because the only real threat was Olave. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, Jarvis Landry, but, um, you know, without MT, there's not really any passing game or not as much passing game. And uh, without Kamara, we had Latavius Murray, who played absolutely great, and then the next day gets signed by, uh, yeah. get signed by someone else. And mm-hmm. I just... I can't even. That was just that's so very dumb. true. Now we are overtime, but Cassie will give it to you Sorry with your little that. accent. How cool is it to see a game in London? You have thousands of other fans from a different country coming out here to support NFL teams. It was a great experience. I'm sh- okay. I'm done. It was a great experience. I'm sure, and that just shows like the NFL is like worldwide. Like you've got a great 
crowd in London. So it's not just America. It's everywhere. Correct. The NFL is everywhere. And the Broncos signed Broncos, Latavius Murray after Javante Williams towards ACL will be out for the season. Mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon is expected to take on the workload this Thursday against the Colts for the Broncos. Last one, we have the Patriots. We have the Packers. We'll keep this as a minute 15. We can maybe do a minute next week as they're still getting used to things. But 21 minutes into the game, Aaron Rodgers had only threw four total passes. But the Packers still came away with the win, 27-24 to in overtime. Liam, we'll start again with you. Rodgers threw a pick six to Jack Jones. Is Rodgers to blame for this overtime debate? Um, I mean, I feel like that's part of it, but uh, he just hasn't been playing up to his level. But at the same time, I mean, he's throwing to – I don't even know out there. You know, he has a bunch of rookies, a bunch of people. Not saying that those players are bad. I mean, they're in the NFL for a reason. But, you know, he had Devonta Adams. He had Alan Lazard, who I think is back. So, I mean, he has Alan Lazard, but he had Marcus Vall at Scantling. So, I mean, he had weapons then, and now he really doesn't. So, I mean, part of it is on him, but part of it is on the team. Can't just all blame him, but he definitely did lose a huge wide receiver in Devonta Adams this year. Cassidy, to win games this season, will the Packers have to rely more on their backfield than Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I hate to say it. I, I don't like Aaron Rodgers, so I will say it. I think he's kind of washed. I think he's had his career, and he was the GOAT at one point in time, but I think that he's losing that ability that he used to have. He used to be able to chuck things, mm-hmm. chuck dimes, you know? But I think they're going to have to rely on the backfield for sure to get some wins in. You have Dylan Johnson. You have a- – Aaron Jones, you have to make those guys an asset in your offense, right? Even if they're not the best, or even if Rodgers is still great, or possibly the GOAT, as some may think, even though Cassidy doesn't, you have to make sure that you're setting a president on these running backs, because they are such a huge asset, despite, especially these struggles in the wide receiver court. Liam, the absence, did the absence of delay of games that were not called against the Patriots after they had Bailey Zappi come in, was this game closer than it was because of that? I mean, you you have to say that. I mean, like, at the same time, you can't say, oh, well, you know, like, if, if ends or buts, you know, like, oh, well, if this happened, if that happened, you don't know. But at the same time, you know, me being a Saints fan, I know how that feels having no calls. So um, that can definitely affect the game. And especially, you know, in this type of game when, you, you know, you think you're going to win and all these calls are being made, it can definitely make a game closer than it should be. Now, last question of the day. Cassidy Zappi threw for just 99 yards after coming to the game. Did the Patriots run game not get the credit that they deserve I don't know but I do know that they they really put the the team on their back um Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson they both rushed for 167 yards on 33 attempts they took the lead in the fourth quarter from a touchdown by Harris so I don't know if they didn't get their credit but if they didn't, I'm here to give them that right, credit. Right, there, there we go. <laughs> there, that credit. We went way over time with that one, but that was okay. I thought that those questions were important, needed to be answered, especially with Bailey Zappi coming in and possibly leading the Patriots almost at least to a win against the Packers, which you could quite argue could be one of the best teams in the NFL this season. The Packers go to 3-1, and one, and the New England Patriots fall to 1-3. and three. That is all we have for you today. I would like to give a shout out to our podcast producer, Jonah Webster. Thank you for everything that you do. Make sure that you look out for us. We have a tailgate show every Friday at 1130 a.m. live from the Student Union. You can find that on YouTube via Tiger TV. We also upload it to our KLSU YouTube. And we have a show every Sunday from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Be sure to check it out. Patricia Caputo joining me was Cassidy Johnson and Liam Haley. This has been the Hodges at all.